Welcome to Grow Your Influence, leadership conversations for business owners and managers. Whether you own a business and have a team, or leadership is part of your role, welcome, you're exactly where you need to be. Join co-hosts Juliet Robinson and Christy Lee Billet for their regular conversations on all things leadership. No corporate jargon, no textbook ideologies, just real life experience unpacked in a relaxed way to help you be your best boss and lead your team with confidence, clarity, and control. This is Grow Your Influence. Let's dive in. Christy Lee, hello. How are you going? I am great, Juliet, and I'm looking forward to getting into a, a little bit of a interesting topic today mm, yes i'm looking forward to this one too this is what we call meaty i think this sort of topic meaty, juicy yeah. yes all yes. those words yes <laughs> so what we're going to talk about today is working with people with whom you have conflicting beliefs or how mm. to lead people in your team who might have conflicting beliefs and i think this is a tricky one because as we know beliefs are really personally held things they're based on our values Mm-hmm. And for some people, um, and I talk a lot about this when I talk with people around the team management profile, for people who are highly analytical, they're really fact-based and objective in the way they make decisions at work, mm-hmm. the way they think about things at work. And often their values aren't, it's not really important for them to bring them to work. Mm-hmm. But for some people it is really important and they connect with other people based on shared values. They connect, they're looking for harmony. You know, they, they want people to get along. Mm. Whereas more analytical people don't care so much if you get along as long as the job gets done. Yes. Yeah? Yeah, <laughs> I definitely, I'm, I'm thinking of a client I'm working with at the yes, moment. Right. We've had to do some work <laughs> in this space. <laughs> yes. And I think there's, and, but even for highly analytical people, I'm working with a team of engineers at the moment where, Absolutely everybody in the team Mm. has an analytical preference in the way they make decisions. So they're very fact-based, very objective. But even in that team, they want to talk about how do we do this? How do we navigate this? Because people are getting upset and offended by things others are saying that are around, you know, personal beliefs and values. And sometimes it's about laziness in language. So (laughs) (laughs) It's yeah, I think there's a real spectrum of issues here and I think it is a really tricky area to navigate and I feel certainly what I'm seeing and and just society generally at the moment, it's getting harder and harder to navigate. Like there's a lot less tolerance. There is a much higher expectation on everyone to be super supportive of everything and yes. all the scenarios and that's great. A lot, you know, there's a lot yeah. to about that but it's also becoming trickier when there are different beliefs in a team how do we respect everyone's individual beliefs because we can't tell people what they should believe even if it's not what we share yeah um so how do we be respectful of that but also in a way that we're still being inclusive of everyone's beliefs and it can get really complicated and really really tricky Um, i've worked with a lot of businesses who are you know have a very strong religious standpoint or view or the, the owners are of a particular faith mm-hmm. and they, they, they've often uh, certainly the ones I've worked with have had very strong beliefs that would be counterintuitive to you know a lot of society how yeah. do we navigate that how do we get through that and I think I feel like it's getting 
in some ways more complex to navigate and trickier for employers. And I think, and, uh, and I've worked with the flip side of that, which is there might be one or two people in an organisation who have strongly held religious beliefs mm. um, and others who have religious beliefs but don't feel the need to, you know, bring them to work as much, but in an environment that's very secular and that is, as you say, seeking to be very inclusive, mm. um, but it can be hard to be inclusive of absolutely everybody when... <laughs> when people are challenged by that inclusivity. Yes. Yeah. Interestingly, um, we will have actually an inclusivity expert coming to join us for an interview on the podcast in, in coming episodes. And I'm, I'm, I really can't wait to chat to him in terms of getting, he's been doing a lot of work on this. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of businesses and certainly some of my people-powered HR members are trying to create inclusivity practices. They're trying to be very proactive in this space mm. and they might have a bit of pushback from one or two of their team members either on religious grounds or other grounds where they're trying to create an environment where that person still feels very comfortable at work and they're still having an inclusivity policy or process or, or some kind of focus without forcing those employees that might not be quite so on board to participate as fully as other staff members. So it's it's really, you know, very nuanced. Look, it is. And I remember there were some jokes around um, and some clever cartoons not that long ago about the whole inclusivity thing and yes we're completely inclusive um as long as you believe what we believe yes. and if you don't then we're going to exclude you completely mm. and that's not inclusivity no is it you know that no. is the challenge is that we need to be inclusive of everybody not just the people who think like we think yes and i think it can be easy to feel um uh i've lost the word but impatient almost mm. with people who don't come along with what we're trying yeah. to do in terms of inclusivity. But the yes. reality is inclusivity, it's a bit like free speech. You know, it, you can't have it for one thing not. and not another. Yes, yes. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's got to be, it's got to cross all those boundaries. And I, yes. that's, that's definitely, a, a, I guess, a challenge. And, yeah. and I think it can show up in lots of ways. Yes, it can be quite, evident in someone who is opposing an inclusivity policy or doesn't want to participate in inclusivity initiatives or it can be the other end of the spectrum where a silly little off-handed joke is made yeah. that we, you know, whoever's delivering the joke thinks it's nothing but it can have a very, uh, you know, high impact on the person that hears the joke in terms of we don't know their experiences in the world and how that might fall on yes. them. So this shows up in lots of ways. I think that's right, and I think most of the time it's actually not about inclusivity policies because so many particularly smaller businesses are still finding their way to what that looks like for them. I think uh, at the moment it's still around, as you say, those, uh, you know, what would now be an inappropriate joke. And, and I think we have moved so far in terms of our understanding of inclusivity um, and our tolerance as well and things that might have been appropriate 10 years ago or even five years ago might not be now. And I think we don't want to be the fun police. Um, nobody wants to be the fun police in that sense. Often, like all of these things, it doesn't come out until something is said or done and then people's values kick in and their personal mm. beliefs kick in 
And if yes. they're strong enough, they feel the need to say something and suddenly you've got a situation that is difficult. Mm. And I think too, we, we talk a lot about hiring people in our businesses who have a, a values alignment with us. Yeah. And that I think is still something that is really, really important, but there's always going to be some element of, and, you know, our values and our beliefs are, of course, intertwined. This has yeah. to bring that point up. But there's always going to be a, an exception where even though generally those values align, that there's a particular belief that someone holds strongly. Or maybe we've been talking a lot about family businesses. We're, we're hiring family not necessarily based on values. We're hiring because they're family, and yeah. that's when we wind up with conflicting beliefs in our workplace. Yes. And interestingly, I think with family, we just assume everyone has the same values because we've all been raised in the same sort of way. And that, that is not the truth at all. Within no. families, we could have really divergent views and values. And I think that's really valuable. I think there's also, I think, you know, we do hire um, looking at a match on values. But I think it mm. can become really easy to create a bit of a bubble around that too. So we want diversity across all of these things and values and behaviours is just one of those. So values mm. and beliefs, I mean, it's just one of those. You know, the values that we bring need to align with others, but we do want some diversity in that too, don't we, which is the real challenge. Yeah, because we want diverse viewpoints. We want diverse um, ways of looking at the world mm. so that we can have, you know, it, it helps in all areas of business really, but it certainly helps with how we're talking to customers and our messaging and a whole range of things. So yes. how do we create that whilst also having similar values, whilst also navigating conflicting beliefs? It's mm. feels like a bit of a mind. And, you know, you overlay that the fact we've got, you know, uh, a lot of very proactive legislation coming in at the moment, the Respect of Work Act's recently come into place, and, and that is really focused on dealing with, primarily sexual harassment at work and our positive duty to avoid that, but it also talks to, to sex discrimination at work. So there's the discriminate, discriminatory elements around what's protected and religious beliefs are protected in that as well and how that interacts with actually what goes on at work. It's really interesting. And that is going to be a real challenge for unconscious bias, which is a different conversation because... <laughs> I think a lot of a whole other episode. <laughs> absolutely, because I think a lot of discrimination in the past has been partly based on some unconscious bias where people just didn't mm. even realise they were making those sorts of decisions. But let's put that aside for the second. Um, you're right, and the legislation is probably not terribly well known at this point, although everybody understands where it's coming from. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's um it's a new piece of legislation and it is expanding on existing discriminate discrimination legislation and as I said the large part of it is focused on sexual harassment which is a very different um, focus but there is some discrimination stuff bedded into that and it's yeah it is new it's just come about in the last month or so um, but I think it's interesting in terms of you know how it references sex based discrimination how that sits within anti discrimination law generally yeah. and. You know, we know we've had a lot of areas protected by discrimination law over the years, and, and that's just getting broader and broader. And so it's not just about navigating having a workplace which is free from discrimination, but also um, having a workplace that I, I think it's really what it comes down to is communication, actually, at the end of it. It's understanding that how we communicate and what we communicate 
understanding or considering how that's going to land with the person on the other end of that communication. Yes. And I think when we talk about communicating, I think it's up to, I don't think as leaders we can leave that to our team to just sort it out. I think we need no. to be proactively talking about this and saying, you know, what does this look like for us? Mm. What does respectful behaviour or what does respectful language look like? Or, you know, and I think that's a conversation we as leaders can lead before people get mired in, um, you know, difficult conversations around languages, jokes, uh, you know, mm. things that uh, are upsetting them. I think there's, yes. I think we can take that step beforehand. And if we haven't, I think there's no time like the present to to do that. And sometimes mm. we have an incident to get everybody to the table to say, okay, clearly we need to have this conversation. Sure, um, yeah. Let's do it and you know what it comes down to? It comes down to being curious, like yes. having curious conversations and yeah. actually wanting to understand more about the yeah. individuals on our team, whoever they are, yeah. and what their back, what's their background, what's important to them, what are their values, what are their beliefs, because once we know that, then we can ensure that we're creating an environment where all beliefs are respected and even if they're different, because people will have different beliefs, yeah. that we create an environment where we are mutually respectful of everyone's beliefs but not expecting any individuals to change their beliefs based on other individuals necessarily. Yeah. It's a really fine line, I think, but I think it's achievable with the right leadership certainly and it's got to come from the leader um, or the leadership team to start to have those curious conversations and to be genuinely interested in getting to know your people better. I think that's so true and I think that curiosity um, helps ask those questions in a way so you're not mm. going into it saying right you know boom 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 we need to sort this out you're going in saying tell me about it you know yeah, tell me more about that. Tell me yes. more about that and keep asking questions. Yes, exactly. And, and, and listening for those answers mm. and, and not the answers, the, the nuance in the answers, the mm. tone, the untone, the, the things they're not saying potentially yeah. so that you can dig a little deeper um, because the people won't necessarily feel comfortable immediately to talk about these things if it's been no. if this workplace hasn't had these conversations before. It will take some time. Yeah. And sometimes you don't want to say, look, we're all here because so-and-so is really frustrated with so-and-so or was really offended by, you know, you don't necessarily want to drag all that up. I think starting mm. the conversation is a really interesting one, you know, and starting it from a place of curiosity but mm. with a clear intent to develop something that everybody understands. So a shared mm. understanding of yeah. what behaviour looks like, what communication looks like, what's okay. Um, mm. and potentially what's not okay. And I think being able think to sit so. with the yeah. discomfort of that too. You know, sometimes yeah. when these conversations happen, what I see is that people, because it's about personal beliefs so often, people get upset pretty quickly, you know, and things can escalate pretty quickly. And as a leader, mm. being able to sit with that, manage that, you know, make sure it doesn't get ugly but that it's productive, mm. Mm. Um, and make it safe for other people to have those conversations I think is really important too. Mm. I think so, yeah. And it's, it's, it's creating an environment, I guess, where 
uh, everyone's beliefs are respected, but um, but people can and people can acknowledge that without there being any kind of um, pressure around it. It would be ideal if we we're having these conversations before yeah. there had been an incident. Yeah. You know, maybe you weren't aware as the leader of these conflicting beliefs of your team members or um, until something happened where someone was deeply offended by something or someone shared a particular belief, you didn't know it existed. So, you know, no better time than to start than now, I would say. Mm. Yep, totally. I agree. Mm. Uh, look, I think we will come back to this because I think this is a yes. biggie. And just scratching the surface here. Today. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But I'm glad we've talked but about really it because look- it's a big thing, I think. And I think it's it's becoming more important in workplaces. And I think given that we have so much hybrid working at the moment, I think it's easy for things to happen and people not mm. to say that they're upset. Um, and yes. I think, you know, the more we can talk about these things and bring them out in the open, the better it is. Mm. It's an interesting point about the hybrid workplaces because a lot of our team members may have been hired throughout lockdowns yeah. or, or periods of time when we weren't working. And so we haven't to know them as well as we might have mm-hmm. um, some years back. And so maybe there's a bit of work to be done there as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and mm-hmm. connection to be built that we might not have had an opportunity to do. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So much to cover, but I'm glad we've started the conversation on this and I'm certainly looking forward to our chat with the inclusivity expert coming fairly soon as well. Yes, and I think we will keep talking about this in a whole lot of different ways. Thanks, Mm. Christy Lee. Lovely to talk. Thanks, Juliet. We'll talk soon. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a rating, comment and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to recommend us to a friend. We also love hearing suggestions for topics or guest speakers that you would love to hear from. The best way to reach us to give us those suggestions is over on our Facebook page. Simply head to Facebook and search Grow Your Influence. See you there.